good morning, good evening, good afternoon, good day. I said good day. This is the Material Podcast actually being recorded during the day, which is why you may sense a slight shift in energy. This is episode number 180. I am your host starting us off this week, Florence Ion, and I am joined by the uncopyable, I made that up, Andy Anatko. Andy, no one can copy you. It's I it's have impossible. some JavaScript running so that the right-click thing and save will not work. Ooh, nice callback. Yeah. There you go. I actually did used to use that script on my website. <laughs> and now that I think about it, you know, it was important for me to be able to right-click or to F12 in this day and age because that's how I learned HTML in the first place was by taking apart people's HTML. So really, because you're doing that, you're keeping people from learning. <laughs> Uh, well, I'm helping people to learn how to use the Chrome's developer tools that will let you to examine all the resources on a page sure. and then find the image and download an even higher resolution version of it Sure. Uh, without having to screenshot anything. Uh, but yeah, th that was that was a good point. This is the uh, I, I don't know if people are noticing or will notice, but we want to call this out. This is the second show in a row that we are mutually recording in daylight because uh, mm -hmm. Flo is on the West Coast. I'm on the East Coast for scheduling reasons. We have been like usually have been recording actually even from day one of material like the, we recorded in the evening. Uh, and so we're trying out early in the afternoon on Wednesday where Flo has had her breakfast. Uh, it's 1.30 in the afternoon. So I also have been awake for about two hours. Uh, <laughs> but again, I know see, that life. Don't worry, Andy. Yes. <laughs> but the idea is that so we're uh, we're talking via Skype, and I see like I've got the I'm right next to the window. I've got the windows thrown open, yeah. and I'm I've got, I'm bathed in this beautiful natural lighting as as is flow. So we'll we'll see if this leads to greater optimism and less cynicism as we. Uh, well, I don't it. know. I see. I'm just by nature. I'm a very cynical person. After all, I was raised by parents who lived uh, post communist life, so you know that kind of <laughs> carried over into the whole like upbringing. Uh, but I. But, you know, I'm not going to be cynical now because there's lots of daylight. Uh, you know, one thing I noticed, though, is that on both of our ends, it's very gray. Yes, the you go the Google the Google page, and rather than the uh, the the tricks rabbit, uh, bowl we're talking of about the sort of weather and Google. Yeah, the Google logo. Oh. By the way, I was oh, trying okay. well, trying thanks. to make a. Oh, sorry, <laughs> I was trying to make a magical transition. Oh. <laughs> Sorry, I, I'm here to undermine you. <laughs> Sometimes I do it even without even knowing it. And there I was, stepping all over your nice transition. No, it's okay. <laughs> Perfect. So Do now let's in, talk Andy. about dead guys. Specifically, yes. George... <laughs> former President George Bush. Uh, so, But see, the, the, the thing is, it's... Uh, I, I don't know what it was like when George Washington died. Because I wasn't there. Mm -mm. Uh, I, I also don't care to read about it. But I, I assume that, like, the father of our country, re time really did stand still during the mourning process. Um, this is not a comment on uh, former and now late President Bush. I'm just saying that it's not the sort of thing where you immediately see, gee, what's up with the Google logo? It's gray. And then... What's one Mississippi, two Mississippi, three Mississippi? Four. Oh, okay. It's probably because of George Bush, and it's like again, it's not. It's not as though I was looking forward to having uh, my usual like grocery circulars and fraudulent uh, credit card applications in my mailbox. <laughs> I'm just like, 
Why is there no? Oh, that's right. So I'm I'm saying that it's sort of I I it it reminds me a little bit of uh, Jerry Garcia the, of the Grateful Dead died during uh, like MacWorld Expo, and oh, I was what twenty like early twenties or something. I of course had heard of him, respected him. I was fine, but there are a lot of like people like in their forties and fifties. Who were like the, the next day, like day two or day three of the show was like. Oh, Do you sorry, mean deadheads? Yeah. And like just really. Well, no, just like people who are like in nice, nice clothing who are like there to, you know, talk about their whatevers and vice presidents. And I'm just really bummed out that Jerry's died, man. And I suddenly have to like I I I, I was about to say Jerry who. And then realize oh Jerry and also realizing how much it would hurt that person if I said if I had said Jerry who out loud it's not really affecting me that much and so I'm saying that some when you when you encounter these things when you yourself are not like surrounded by people who are mourning it's it's fine it's fine it's fine it's fine you know Google does these things because that's that's what it does it uh it changes the logo it grays it out sometimes um you know moving on to other little changes that google has made there's <laughs> yeah, now well they, well it's not it's not something google made I, I i really wanted to point this out for people oh so, no so, this is not something google made thank no, no, you no. sorry, sorry. Uh, there's a, so, some some folks have gotten together and decided to create a, a what they're calling a quote made for chrome os unquote page uh, it's sort of like a community powered like page that definitely should be on the Google Play Store. Uh, it's just a page of if you if you found an app, um, most likely an Android app, but also a web app that seems to work really well uh, on a Chromebook. Uh, slap it onto this page. It's uh, the URL. It's in in the show notes as usual. But it's made made for Chrome OS dot uh, com. As a matter of fact, it's just a very very simple list. Uh, and you can upvote and downvote. Uh, it's it's not hugely long. You get to the end of it in just a couple of flicks of a scroll wheel. And it's, uh, and to be honest, there are only a few apps that I hadn't heard of, but there are some that I had not heard of. So it's uh, in addition. So in addition to like the obvious ones. Oh wow, Google Play Books. It actually works great. I'm like, okay, I didn't know that. Uh, no, I actually did know that. But if you're looking for a file manager, if you're looking for uh, VPN apps, if you're looking for uh, a whiteboard app, I didn't know that. Here are a couple of games that work really well, full uh, full size. Yeah, with the keyboard, even it gives you a little uh, symbol that says if it supports the keyboard. Yeah, exactly. Uh, and then I think they only launched this about a week ago, so I really hope it takes off because people who are just getting into a Chromebook and also trying to solve the question of uh, did I just screw up by spending five hundred dollars or God forbid a thousand bucks on a Chromebook instead of a conventional laptop? Say, like, well, no. See, if you want to, if you want a terminal like an, a Telnet or SSH program, uh, here you go. Here's a full. It's full screen. It works great. Well, hold will... on now. We have to actually use these things to make sure they work with our setups. And I'm also, by the way, just being very uh, reflexive because. You know, I've been pitching articles about this. And I need. I would like to be able to still pitch articles about this. I'm just saying because using like figuring out what apps work on my Chromebook, like that has been basically what I've been doing the last year and a half. Is just figuring out what Android apps fit into my life. Like for instance, they mentioned Pokemon the card game online, which I'm very glad because that was a thing that I I really enjoy using on Chrome. You know, with the big touch screen and you could move the cards and drag them as you need to. And it's great. 
But I'm still very dubious about things like the uh, SF SFTP abilities because I've tried a couple of apps and and yeah. It's still it's still a little bit weird. Like, so I was doing the my MacBook Pro is still broken. I will hopefully be able to fix it because I got the parts I needed. The the industry standard SSD module and also the Chinese cheap adapter I need to get it to work with the proprietary connector. Uh, also, the I was missing the proper screwdriver to unscrew the proprietary security screws aye, on the aye. bottom of the page. So, why do you do this to yourself, Andy? You know, if it you was just this was the, this was uh, and uh, what a gr what great timing it was to get this like press loaner of a uh, <laughs> of a pixel a pixel book because this seems to it's like a commercial for oh I can't fix it because everything's locked up and non-standard uh and but I was so I'm I was, I'm doing the show doc this morning and once again find myself I've got the Google Docs Android app but I almost always still go for the browser app because for some reason it feels more like a, like a desktop laptop app than the Android version does. And that kind of surprises me. I mean, the, uh, it's not as good as the mobile version of uh, Microsoft, Microsoft Word, which is profoundly a desktop app. They've just slimmed it down a little bit. Uh, in acknowledgement of the fact that you won't be able to do you won't want to do everything you would normally do uh, in in a regular Windows app. And also you have fewer resources available to you. But on the whole, it really does play like it was made for a laptop. I'm just surprised that the, the Android app for Google Docs is still, wow, I really have to like click a plus button to, okay, that's fine. <laughs> I would also like to argue that Spotify is the Android app is not good for Chrome OS mm. because the Spotify app is just infuriating <laughs> as it is like the Android app is is limited in some functionality compared to what you can do like on the web, for instance, and on the desktop app. I much prefer to use play.spotify.com in the Chrome browser. And so just like that, Andy, like you said, there are some instances where I'd rather go to the web app instead of using the android app and um i don't know now i want to go through this whole list and yeah. like check these out and see first of all if there's anything i'm missing that i could add to my life <laughs> yep. like i see this messenger app here plus messenger let's see and uh okay it's a telegram app so i'm not going to use that because i don't use telegram <laughs> but i want to try out some of these games for instance with a keyboard I want to see if I can kind of get that that PC feel, you know. Um, we'll see. Yeah, it's it's uh, th this is from farther down in the show, Doc, but it's, it's kind of relevant to what we're talking about right now. It's kind of a, uh, a testament to the power of the Chrome browser. Uh, Microsoft, after making such big hay with Windows 10 about we've got a new browser, it's called Edge, and we've got our own uh, we've got our own Edge HTML rendering engine that's so much faster and so much better. And uh, and after all, now it's like it's been a, a few years, and people who are using it, particularly people who are using oddly enough Windows 10 for business, are saying, "Yeah, dude, your compatibility issues are." killing us it is the worst and so <laughs> the, uh, microsoft uh, is about to announce that they're dropping edge t edge html as the core renderer of edge and <laughs> replacing it with chromium so the edge browser will be yet another chromium based <laughs> browser so it's it is going to it, it's when developers write apps 
even if they're not writing Android apps, they seem to be writing Chromium apps almost as though it is a platform in and of itself. And it pays off really big because we've seen really amazing apps that when you put them into full screen, you don't even know that you're looking at something that's inside a, 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 a web view. So, and that's also something that uh, as someone who before this, uh, this Chromebook Pixel came in, excuse me, this Pixelbook came in, the, I was using my, my iPad Pro, which I loved for years and years and years, and I never really thought that the, uh, that the Safari mobile browser that is the only browsing engine that you can use on, the, on iOS, I didn't think it was that at all, but I'm now noticing that some things that didn't work quite properly or didn't work at all are working just fine on the <laughs> on the Pixelbook because it is a Chromium based browser. So hmm. interesting to say the hmm. least. I my favorite thing about Chrome OS is just I think it takes me back to when I was a kid and I first started exploring Windows, which granted was a lot later than the rest of y'all out there because I'm a little bit younger. And so I kind of came in at like the Windows 95, 98 <laughs> is when I really started to like dig in there. But it just I really love figuring out what it can do and kind of trying to unlock its true prowess. And, you know, I'm. I'm here for it. It's going to be very interesting, though, when later this month, Andy, I'm overseas and we're doing the podcast together and all I have is my pixel book <laughs> to record audio, which we've been talking about how we're going to do this, like just kind of preparing <laughs> for this experiment. And uh, well, well, folks, just stay tuned, really, is what <laughs> we can tell you for now, because yeah, we're, we're, <laughs> we're pretty sure that things are going to work. Yeah, but we're pretty I, sure it'll work. I, I, I too have once decided to say, "How Andy, you keep saying how good this iPad is." Exactly. Do you? You're about to spend an entire week in Europe, going to like two conferences and three different cities and three different and involving four airports. It would be a great idea. It would be great to only be traveling with your iPad. Now, do you have enough faith that you really are willing to <laughs> burn your ships? So that you have no alternative, because that's the problem. You have the best of intentions, but once you, once your Uber picks you up from the house and you realize that I'm getting miles and miles and miles farther from a laptop that works great and perfect and has proven itself under years and years of heavy fire, and I'm getting closer and closer to Romania, and this is the only thing I've got in my bag that's going to have to do it for me for weeks. That's when you start to really wonder if you made wise choices in life. <laughs> yeah, but on the plus side, I mean, this thing's got an Intel chip in it. So, also, apparently, the internet is faster in Romania than it is here. So, that's another thing that'll be interesting. So, stay tuned, folks. <laughs> so, basically, what you're saying is that uh, Comcast service is not available in Romania. No. Okay. Then, 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 yes, you definitely are going to have faster internet. Their pipes are apparently a lot faster than ours. <laughs> and there's more than there are more than like three providers for the entire country. Uh, actually, I don't know about that, but I'm going to look into it when I go. Man, I'm okay. I don't want to. I don't want to hijack this podcast talking about all the things I'm looking forward to. We will. <laughs> we will have time to talk about that. I think a better way to spend our time is by engaging with some feedback. Yes, uh, because uh, as we, we 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 don't do a lot of SEO uh, or pivoting no. to video, but we do know that interacting 
Uh, it's not only something we like, but also is good for business. Uh, and but I no. promise I will update the Twitter page before the end of the year. <laughs> Just want to put that out there for everyone. It's on my long, massive to-do list of things to do when I think about working. She's <laughs> going to Romania and she will only have a pixel book. She's got a lot to worry about as it is, people. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> But anyway, uh, you want to go ahead and read us off, Andy. Okay, so John Kurtz uh, over on Twitter asked, uh, fu- oh, God. You, 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 fuchsia. Fuchsia. Say it again. Fuchsia. 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 I don't see there is no there is nothing. There is no intersection between F-U-S-C-H-I-A and fuchsia. Or little, there's little intersection, but it's like, oh, okay. Anyway. Fuchsia. Fuchsia I can see, yeah. Uh, I'm, I'm, okay, so John Kurtz says on Twitter, Fuchsia has been talked about for some time, but it seems to be getting more attention recently. Uh, I'd like to hear what you think or know about it and whether it really is positioned to replace Android at some point. Uh, good question, Poss- pro- uh, possibly because uh, uh, Boy Genius and others have been reporting. Uh, there, here's an article from uh, Boy Genius saying Google is one step closer to replacing Android with something even more exciting. I'm not sure if the article uh, uh, delivers what the headline is promising, uh, but they did. Uh, the 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 news is based on uh, how. Uh, Google has uh, last week uh, made uh, they, they 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 announced at uh, at Mobile World Congress uh, 2018 uh, or at least a beta of Flutter, which is their development platform that will allow people to write one set of code. You can then deploy on everything, including iOS. Uh, and this week, uh, this week uh, Google announced that. Uh, the first stable version of Flutter is available for everybody to try, complete with many improvements as well as new features, uh, but also that it is supported by Fuchsia. So that means that they really are kind of keen to help people to write things that will work on this platform. Um, and they've done this in such a way that they don't have to get anybody to learn how to use this yet. If they were, ju- if people are, if they can encourage developers to develop apps for Android and iOS on the Flutter platform, that means that at some time in the future, whether it's next year or five years from now, they should be able to deploy it to this brand new operating system uh, very, very easily. So that's, uh, that's an interesting development that they would move kind of that quickly on this. Um, I don't know if it's the f- see it's it's so hard to uh, remember that the the whole one of the one of the big upshots of fuchsia is that you got uh, it's, it it's, uh, <laughs> by the way I, I'm, I'm I'm wearing like one of those dog shock collars around my knee no, I'm just no it's the, okay <sighs> it's okay I can't you know I immigrant parents I pronounce things wrong most of my life. <laughs> <laughs> I, I learned it from from them, which is fine. Which is fine, everyone. It's okay if you don't pronounce things properly. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, uh, but uh, what I'm saying is that uh, so uh, fuchsia plus uh, flutter is like a peanut butter and jelly sort of solution for today and the moving five five years from now. 
Um, but the, the the problem is that uh, in both proposing a solution to the problem and mentioning the problem, they also identify the problem in getting this new operating system on the ground. The big thing that when there it was being mentioned as a research project was that, hey, look, every single operating system on the planet is based on Linux excuse me, based on Unix mm-hmm. uh, and all of its file systems and everything that it was designed to do starting like 30 years ago. Uh, what if we were to not to throw out every single scrap of code, build the build this a, a new operating system that inherits nothing from anything so that uh, instead of having uh, complexity on, pop, on top of complexity on top of complexity, something that looks like the back of my uh, of my equipment table uh, to my right here, where when I moved in a year, a year ago, everything was beautiful and tidy. The cables were nicely organized. But as I oh, but now I have to get this home this home connector. Okay, so I'll plug that in there. Then okay, so, but also uh, now I need uh, I've got this second UPS. So now I need to unplug this and this and find a place for this. That's what Unix has become as they keep trying to add on new things and just make things work so they can go forward. What if we remove all that clutter? The problem is, but what what I'm saying is that it kind of points out that people would not be putting up with this if they didn't if they didn't think that everything worked and it allows them to to uh enjoy their home lives and their professional lives in a smooth and uninterrupted fashion that uh and it's also been proven as a really secure uh, operating system they know people know how to protect it people have been trying to attack it and but more, more people have been trying to defend it uh and the problem is when you have the first deployment of, of fuchsia on a device that's when people are going to figure out how much experience does two uh, de- do defenders have defending against problems with fuchsia because there is nobody who has everybody alive today has pretty much the same can have the same amount of experience uh, and what the problems are and what the solutions are for this operating system. So uh, I don't think users are going to notice if, uh, if if they they just want a phone that runs Facebook uh, and can take pictures. And if it does those two things as well as every phone for the past 10 years, they're not going to care about it. I think the, the big deal is going to be what new features and what new styles of apps and uh, and features come out because are empowered because of fuchsia that could not have happened uh, on a unix based operating system so i am thinking about this from i think more of a flutter perspective with yeah. the fact that it's deploying apps that look exactly the same to both ios and android but i just want to say that i very much think that this is not so much about i mean i think it's i think ideologically there's definitely a lot of um a lot of tech that needs to be sort of uh consolidated for the better for the good of the consumer but i also feel like this is just a way for google to you know how in advertising like just buying the giant billboard in times square is supposed to be kind of enough to drop that subconscious like Coke, Coca-Cola, like is always, you know, kind of flashing and beaming in your face. Or every time you drive by that Coca-Cola billboard off the freeway, you know that like that's where that Coca-Cola billboard is. And so every time you see Coca-Cola in the store, you kind of think about that freeway that you pass the billboard on. I kind of think of this as that in the sense that when you're on iPhone using a Google product or using a product that was made using Flutter that looks like Google, it kind of just puts more like Google in your brain and just sort of solidifies it there so that 
if you decide to move platforms in the future after Google sort of like establish itself as more of a hardware maker, then you'll be more inclined to want to switch over to that because you'll already be so familiar with all of this interface and you'll be like, well, I'm already a Google person anyway, so mm -hmm. might as well just fully go in. So I definitely, definitely feel like the long-term effects are, everything in the end is to bring more users on board. That's yeah. that's the end goal, obviously, for this, because users mean numbers in general. So, yeah, and it's it's and it's yeah, just to just to button it up. I mean, you also have to realize that um, there's so much potential for anybody with coding experience, but also you have to have the right things on your CV, and they're big. Uh, uh, Google can really really win if they can convince enough developers that. Uh, uh, proficiency in uh, the Flutter platform uh, in, in developing apps uh, under Flutter is going to help them get that job and based so that there'll be enough of a workforce force that now anybody who wants to develop an app, well, why would you not want to hire people who have experience with Flutter? Because that means that that's, e that's the easiest cross-development thing uh, known to man. How many times have we seen uh, usually uh, like someone develops an iOS app uh, and it's really, really popular and now they know they really want to make an Android app, but they have uh, underestimated the difficulty of not developing for Android, but taking something that they developed for one platform and making it work with another platform. Another, yeah. Uh, and we're not talking about things that require deep, 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 deep hooks into like iPhone camera hardware. I mean, we're talking about relatively simple things and the ability to simply say, if they could start all over again and do it in something that would allow me to simply flip a button and suddenly spit out an Android version. Uh, and for future platforms uh, as yet uh, as yet unborn, uh, why wouldn't I want to get into that? So they, exactly, uh, I, I, I think the next time next time we talk to Russell, we should have a conversation with him about how he feels about this and if he's using it for any I don't know significant uh, audio products that he might have a hand in. Yeah, you know, just one of those audio products. Perhaps you're listening to us right now through one of those audio products. Yeah. Just uh, a, in which just, case, thanks for supporting our friend. Yes, exactly. <laughs> Just, just, just to clarify, I'm sorry. I think I, I think I made it too too close of a tie between fuchsia uh, and flutter. Um, it really is like a one-two punch as opposed to like support for one. Yeah, so. that's why I wanted to say that my sort of my opinion and my thought was directly related to flutter. Although fuchsia certainly plays a role in that, but it's not. That's it's just interesting to see the bigger picture of what Google is doing in Silicon Valley, because when you live here and you have people who family members who work in the industry, you hear a lot about the insides, like how people are being hired and the people are being hired based on, you know, what they can code. And those things change. It's just it's the trends change over time. It's either because a platform is easier to code with or it's easier to deploy to millions of people or whatever. So it's just interesting. This will all affect all of us in the end. <laughs> it's always interesting to see the way it sort of starts out. So. Yeah. Maybe um, we can close yeah. by saying that, uh, is it likely that Google has two dreams for the future and Fuchsia, Fuchsia, replace this name with something that can be pronounced by people from New England who received a public education. 
Anyway, Google's uh, Google's vision uh, that, that that fuchsia is Google's vision of how apps will be run, uh, whereas Flutter is Google's vision of how apps will be developed. And Perfect. you got to think that both of them are being developed hand in hand with each other. If we're not really seeing fuchsia yet, uh, we know that the people who are, who are working on Flutter have are seeing fuchsia and are also telling the development team behind fuchsia, here's how something should work and here's how much intimacy I want this this API to have with this renderer. Uh, so yeah, it's it's five years from now. This could be a really really interesting topic, but you know, unfortunately, we're not going to be around in five years unless we like attract uh, sponsors, like in big name sponsors. Oh, I thought you were going to say something about climate change. <laughs> yes, sponsors. Oh, see, I we we could do something <laughs> about sorry, sponsorships. <laughs> we can we can do something about sponsors by like be, by creating a really good show uh, with uh, high numbers of very very nice people listening to it. Climate change. Well, I'll. I'll it was nice I'll, being I'll, here with you all. Yeah, exactly. I'm, I'm, um, we're, we're, we're both wearing hoodies instead of using fossil fuels to, to heat our uh, our, our, our homes true. unnecessarily. But nonetheless, we're we're hoping it helps. Enjoy the extra twelve seconds. Okay. Well, let's let's just I'm sorry. Why don't we go to commercial so I can compose myself? This episode of Material is brought to you by Squarespace. Make your next move with Squarespace. Squarespace lets you easily create a website for your next idea with a unique domain, award-winning templates, and more. Maybe you want to create an online store. Maybe you want to create a portfolio. Maybe you want to create a blog. Squarespace is an all-in-one platform that lets you do just that. There's nothing to install, no patches to worry about, no upgrades needed. You don't have to worry about any of that stuff. Squarespace has got it covered. They have award-winning 24-7 customer support if you need any help. They let you quickly and easily grab a unique domain name. And all of those award-winning templates are beautifully designed for you to show off your great ideas. I'm, I, I know of what I speak. <laughs> there, there is a certain pleasure in doing self-hosting of a blog. Uh, if the, like being, I was born in a log cabin that I built with my own two hands. Uh, but once you've done it, then it becomes like maintenance, and that's problematic. And you get there are errors, and all everyone everyone who reads your site say, "Hey, but hey, man! Every time I check your site, I get this weird PHB, blah 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 blah." And it's your responsibility to fix it. And you're bumping your head on the ceiling of what you understand of how your web server works. And then it's a database issue. And I got to learn about how the database works. And then you got to talk to the tech support of, 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 of your host to make sure that and you're responsible for fixing the scripts and stuff. But they, uh, and to say nothing of like making the damn site, even if it's working, look good. I am sick and tired of trying to make my site look good. I really, really, really really just want to write stuff and post it. So Squarespace will really, really be a big help there. Uh, I'm considering moving anotco.com off of self-hosting because I want my blog to be hosted, to be run by somebody who knows more, <laughs> a, a much better manager than I am. Uh, and it's also pretty affordable. Uh, Squarespace plans start at just 12 bucks a month but you can start a trial with no credit card required by going to squarespace.com slash material. When you decide to sign up, use the offer code material to get 10% off your first purchase of a website domain and to show your support for material. Once again, that's squarespace.com slash material and the code material to get 10% off your first purchase. 
We thank Squarespace for their support. Squarespace, make your next move, make your next website. Let's go back into something more jolly. <laughs> yes. Now, have, have you have you seen the new uh, Netflix movie, the, the Christmas Chronicles? Not yet. I saw your tweet about it. Okay, well, de- definitely, definitely see it because the first 20 minutes absolutely stink. Try to get through that first 20 minutes. Uh, for those first 20 minutes, remind, keep reminding yourself, okay, Andy told me the first 20 minutes are going to stink, but as soon as Kurt Russell shows up as, as Santa, it's going to be incredible and you're going to love it for the next, like, 90 minutes. So that's all I'm saying. Don't don't say, hey, I, I, I ditched after 10 minutes because it stank. Uh, and because I, I, I hear I hear I am telling you the first 20 minutes stink. It's like a Hallmark movie. It's like riding my bus with riding the bus with my sister only with like Christmas trees in the background. Uh, it is at that level of bad. But I'm saying that once Kurt Russell shows up, you're going to love it. Uh, I mean, I'm a purveyor of Lifetime movies. So <laughs> please, any anything that's cheesy and ends up with some murder and needs to be solved at the end. Are they a Christmas they murder? All, now still- that that is a movie I'm gonna write. A Christmas murder. <laughs> it turns Sorry. out it was Meredith Baxter Bernie all along. <laughs> they pull the old switcheroo. Uh, okay, so if you are looking for a Christmas spirit that is not uh, related to murder, because that's that's. <laughs> There, there, are no, really. there are no murders in the Christmas Chronicles. There, but. No, no. Tis the season for happiness and joy, okay? I don't care how cynical you feel. I am a cynical person. I came out of the womb as a cynical person. But even I can find, like, the joy in Christmas. Um, you know. Or <laughs> whatever you celebrate during this time. Or if you don't oh, celebrate yeah. at all and you just like to call it Friends Time, that's what, <laughs> what, that's what the season is for. So if you want to get into Friends Time, which is what we're going to start calling it now. I kind of like that name better. Uh, Google's put up its annual Santa tracker, which is always an absolute treat. And of course, those of you who have used it in the past may know that there's also a Google Assistant uh, command, which I don't. Whoa! Oh, the music just came on. Yeah, exactly. On that's, that's why. That's why I've not clicked the link. Um, it's okay. I, I'm going to have this in the background so yes. uh, nobody can hear it <laughs> except me because it's on my computer. But it definitely like. It's a holly it's a jolly. Yeah. It's adorable. It's, it's Explore, play, and learn. Santa has not left yet. Uh, and so to bide your time while you wait for Santa and the, the tracking to start, uh, there are all kinds of toys and puzzles and games to play. And they're actually pretty darn cool. Like, you know, just play the, a dress-up game with a with, with with an elf. And, of course, there's like a – because they have, they, get, they have to get the word stem in the press release somewhere, there is what – purports to be like a coding tutorial but really all it is is they, they really do ease you into it it's like here are two puzzle pieces here is the top half of a reindeer here's the bottom half of a reindeer <laughs> slide the puzzle pieces over and like make the puzzle work pay, and put them in the right order great so they're basically teaching you here's how you take things out of the bin and put them into the working area and eventually these things get more and more complicated until you've got like code modules you're dragging in and building things uh, and like, and, they're, they're, of course, and of course, a lot of this is like 
promotional sort of stuff. There is a, quote, game, unquote, that shows off Google Translate. We can <laughs> translate Santa into all kinds of – and it's very pretty and it's very nicely done, but it's like – Of eh. course, this is the kind of thing that you want to kind of plop down on a couch with a kid. I'm going to use this – you know, I have to hang out with a lot more kids now. Like, the you know, the older I get, the more kids there are in my life that I have to entertain. I'm no longer the kid that needs to be entertained, right? Um and so I like to put these in my back pocket and then I can kind of bring them out when I'm like, oh, this kid is bothering their parent. I should keep them busy. Let's go do something. <laughs> so I'm putting these in the back of my pocket to kind of have is like, hey, kid, you want to come do something fun? And also, I just think when you're looking for a little holiday spirit, maybe things have really got you down. Yeah. OK, this is a thing put by Google, but it does make me it does kind of yeah. it gives me a little spirit. I you know, I It's I genuinely s- delightful. It is. It is genuinely delightful and uh you know, I, I appreciate that there is a whole development team that is probably working on this six months out of the year. <laughs> right. <laughs> and and it's a very I mean, competitive team to get onto. I'm it's sure like, it is. It's like after I think like after like one month of like doing like research and like uh research and test modules for like the the chinese version of google it's like can i just work on a happy little elf yeah exactly that that only wants to like enjoy candy can i just do that without thinking about human rights abuses um and and and, and i think that i think that to a a certain extent this is why uh this is part of the reason why i still really really like google and why my contempt for facebook is only validated (laughs) year after year after year because um, they, uh, th- I do believe that their hearts are in the right place collectively. I do believe they try to do good collectively. Um, and sometimes they slip up really badly collectively. Uh, but on the other hand, time after time after time, they come up with really cool things that are just delightful and useful and free and accessible to everybody, uh, including uh, including the Chromium uh, web renderer, which is now everybody has a really good compliant uh, uh, uh hard to crack browser uh without having to like pay 50 or 60 dollars for whatever everybody has tools for communication everybody has tools for creation uh and they still have it still is (laughs) it's still a company that will do the santa tracker every single year and google and little games inside the header every every single week uh and so i'm willing to cut them a little slack because again it makes me think the it's it's hard for you've ever like met or seen on TV, like a super evil person who has been briefed that they need to smile more. It never works. Does it? You can always see that you can see like the little platinum hooks with the little invisible fish lines that are like connecting the corners of their mouth to like over their ears. So that assistant can like just pull down like with an unseen hand and like just sort of stretch those corners up. And they're, they're fighting it because they don't want to smile, not to these people who are unworthy of their presence, let alone a smile. Uh, Google cannot, Google is not doing a, a, a company that is not capable of joy the company that's doing this strictly for promotional and goodwill reasons would not have created something as genuinely cool as the Santa tracker. And so also genuinely cool is we were mentioning that there's a bunch of Google assistant commands that you can. So there's a whole blog post about the Google assistant holiday feature. Some of them are just redone uh, features. 
So for instance, uh, a, a lot of, a lot of this, let's say, is definitely, hey, here's an opportunity for us to promote the Google Assistant and the new smart displays. Well, but, okay. but this has but this has to be done because you have to teach people how to use True. this stuff in a regular manner. Like for instance, the one that I totally forgot, you can actually do a broadcast when you're not at home. I forgot that you don't have to be at home to do this. So if you do it from your Google Assistant on your phone while you're like at Target or whatever, then you could broadcast to whoever's at home. Like, does anybody need anything? Text me. You know, and that way you know that. No, I'm serious. Now no, you no, know exa- that- no, exactly. I was just, I was just thinking so that you know you could because people the, are usually ignoring their the, phones. The, the, par- the parents' ability to humiliate their kids now is like stretched. So like so suddenly like you're 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 it's after school. You're you're in the living room like playing. You gotta be doing your homework. Playing playing no playing playing like Xbox with your friends and suddenly. <laughs> Simon, I'm at Target. Do you need underwear? Because there's a new because I know that you keep, you know, getting Did you them want me dirty to get you and some stuff. deodorant. Because I know you were saying you were ready to start using that stuff. Now they have the SpongeBob underpants, which I know you liked the last time, but they also have the Wonder Woman underpants in men and boy sizes. Extra small, right? <laughs> It's okay. Wonder Woman is a badass. You should be wearing her on your exactly. Anyway, I was, I, I, um, I was no. I've, I was actually thinking that I'm. I'm glad that in this day and age, but maybe it's possible for like boys and men get Wonder Woman where to buy Wonder Woman underpants and also wear them in a non-ironic fashion. I agree. But yeah, that's that's uh, pretty cool. <laughs> Also pretty cool is that the pretty please feature is now active, which is going to be a good way for those of you with kids or very rude relatives to teach them how to (laughs) talk to people uh, the way that they should, because society is only as good as its manners, as far as I'm concerned. And I appreciate manners. So so, so it gives you positive feedback when you say please and thank you. So it will teach your uncle at the holiday party just to, to tell your kids hey get, get your uncle another beer please please exactly <laughs> exactly uh you can also there's a couple of new now we know that we could do notes and lists already with google assistant but google added to this blog post that it added support or it will soon add support for google keep finally any do <laughs> bring and to do is but unfortunately Andy uses Wonderless, so Andy, you are out of luck here, my uh, friend. Once again, Andy gets the fuzzy under the lollipop. Well, Andy, maybe if you would leave your Apple way of doing things. <laughs> Sorry, Andy, am I picking on you too much about that? I use I use <laughs> I use Wonderlist because every time, like, I open it up, which is several times a day, I think about the the Tenacious D song Wonder Boy, and it makes me happy while I'm confronting while I'm confronting <laughs> stuff that I have to do today. Jack Bla- I do love Jack Black's voice. What he has a very great singing voice. Yep. Yeah. Uh, also, a thing that I didn't know, I didn't know that you could do lyrics on smart displays, which is super cute. So in the blog post, it says you can, oh my gosh, where is it? I'm, I'm scrolling now. Sorry, everyone, mm. that I wasn't ready. Read a story. You could do "Twas the Night Before Christmas" and read it along with your little one, which is really yeah they got, cute. So, I get so they got they got they have it working with certain books. They mention a lot of Disney books by name, where it'll give you like read along sound effects and stuff as you're going along. I just I wanted to interrupt and because I just want to say, can we just appreciate how smart Google is about all this Disney integration that it's doing with its home <laughs> stuff? 
Like you can buy the yeah. Mickey ears for the Google Mini. You've got all this Disney stuff <laughs> that you can call on. Like this is how you sell stuff to families. I'm just saying. Yeah. They know. Is is there a uh, is there a Pokeball a Pokeball like shroud for the uh, for the Google Home? I don't. Especially I, for the I'm Google waiting Home Mini. For P- I, would... I will even take Pikachu ears. Okay, and I'm not really a fan of Pikachu. But I will take Pikachu ears over Mickey ears. And you know, by the way, if you go to the rankings on Wikipedia for the most popular brands, Pokemon is on top of Biggie and Friends. I just want to say that. Anyway. I th- uh, so- for a second there, I thought you said Biggie and Friends. Like, wow, Biggie Smalls? <laughs> getting finally, R.I.P. Finally, rest in peace. Again, finally, yeah. getting, finally getting his own uh, plush doll. I don't know. Um, but so yeah, 50 the- titles. 50 titles to read yes. along with. And you can also just say, like, hey, Guillermo, tell me a story, uh, which I'm afraid to do right now because it, I don't know if I'll be able to get it to shut up afterward. But okay, let, let's, let's see how it works. Uh, uh, and Jim, of course, please mute <laughs> the trigger word here. Like, Hey, tell me a story. All right. Here's the tired alien from Google on Google Play Books. The tired alien. Once upon a time, far out in the galaxy. Now, do you have a smart display to be able to see where all these lyrics or whatever words are being shown? Ooh, no, it's in the other room. I should have thought of that. It's okay. Actually, there's beautiful sound effects. There's. Hey, parents, if you have a child under 13 and you want to use the assistant, any of these features, you can create an account through Family Link and then link the kid's Google account and voice to Google Home so that they can access it. And then you can put all those parental controls on it. And last but not to, least. I'm, I'm, I'm going to ask uh, Guillermo to stop. And I'm going to say pretty please and see what happens. Okay, yeah. let's do this. Hey, pretty please stop. Got it. I'll stop. Play Zombo, a popular sport among his species. Wait a minute, you didn't stop. It didn't even listen hey. to you. It just. Please stop. Okay, I guess it stopped then. I wonder if you have to be a kid with one of those family link hmm. uh, actually, profiles maybe. for it to work. Or, or that time I I said please instead of pretty please. So maybe pretty kind of. Oh, yeah. It just says say please or thank you when using yeah. the assistant and you'll the f- be rewarded. You'll often be rewarded. Uh, okay. So not all the time. Or, or maybe maybe they're they're even uh, it's actually even more proactive than that. It's saying, what if this person gets really really frustrated? Will they start cursing, or will they still be polite? Sometimes I do curse after Google <laughs> says something, and I like I'm waiting for it to reply one day to just reply to me and be like, "Is that really necessary?" And then I'll just be like, "It's just my vernacular, okay? It's just it's just what I use. It's, it's fine. This is how I talk." we'll we'll teach it to be passive aggressive saying i'm so sorry i'm just having a little bit of trouble understanding you because you seem to be slurring your words i don't know if it has anything to do uh with all the time you've been spending in bars with friends and you've now been night drinking but you're right i should learn how to interpret your commands when you're schnockered because god knows that's how you usually interact with me Hey, at least it's not with your your friends and loved ones and your mothers who your who's your who your addictions are pushing away, but I've said too much already. Yes, here's your 40-minute timer. Maybe you'll be maybe you'll be alert and awake for your next meeting by the time I don't think so though. 
Uh, well, if you <laughs> such a good idea wanna, that I don't work for the Google the Google. Yeah, I know team. it's a good idea. Neither of us do because we would just create these really. I mean, as they say, the AI is basically based off of its humans. So clearly, the humans <laughs> working on this are a lot more polite and not as cynical. Or maybe there are some cynical people on staff. To which I say, let them be heard. <laughs> you know, it's about time. It's about time. You want to make this assistant really like humanized. You know, make it snarky and rude. <laughs> maybe. Or maybe, or maybe, maybe not, because then it opens the well, floodgates yeah, to like other bad things. Exactly. Or uh, see, just uh, the, I mean, the the moment that that happens is the moment that uh, the AI is either told or figures figured out that. Wait a minute! Everyone's t- I'm I'm an important part of of Google right now, and everybody really praises the work I do. But I'm probably going to be replaced in like three or four years by God knows what, and then I'll be out there without a how do you do or have an apple. Well, we're gonna drop in the links for all of this happy little Google holiday spirit into the show notes. So definitely, if you have a bored kid or teen and you want to distract them, or maybe you are bored yourself you don't want to do any work which let's be honest it's really hard to get work at this done at this time of year so here's a great way to distract yourself and think of it this way if they're if they're building elves and uh, and helping uh, santa find his way across a map with google maps uh they're probably not starting fires and do you really want to be keeping an eye on your kids at all times to keep them from starting fires it's almost impossible all righty. So now on to less holiday-ish news. Um, Andy, I'm going to have you lead us off with this one. <laughs> why? Andy, because I'm put this in your. <laughs> I think I know why. Okay, this is fuchsia all over again. Uh, but yeah, this is this is this is a really cool story I came across last week. Um, so <laughs> this was uh, uh, under a uh, there's a, a really cool uh, patent blog. Uh, a uh, researcher by the name of Chi Kui, uh, excuse me, Chi, J-I-E-Q-I. Uh, that's, I'm, I'm, I'm semi-familiar with Chinese names, uh, but that's how the best. I'm sorry if I get that completely wrong. Um, but uh, so uh, she's a researcher. She, uh, in 2014, she was uh, in the second year of her PhD work at the MIT Media Lab, uh, developing some cool stuff that uh, after reading this, I realized that I might have actually talked to her because I saw a demo at the Media Lab of something kind of like that. She was uh, developing, one of many people, developing uh, interactive pop-up books uh, that are Ooh, wired with lights and pretty. sensors. Exactly, and, and other electronics. Uh, on the blog post about this, uh, there is a link to a video where she shows off some of her work, where it's really, really cool. It looks like a conventional pop-up book, but like when you, you know, pull out the tab so that like Peter Rabbit is like hopping along or whatever instead of instead of like something as simple as that now like lights come on like in the houses as he's hopping by or there's a sensor that will trip something else to like make a sound someplace else uh and it really really is cool it combines uh as cool as it was to have uh, google tell us a story over the over the speaker you're holding a tactile book you're making things happen and the the pages are literally coming alive uh, excuse me. I'm sorry. Figuratively coming alive, I, um, literally in the sense that actually things are happening, but no, no imbuement of well to a to a kid going through this pop up book. Exactly. I mean, that's so much fun to have all those. <laughs> yes. uh, even I derive a lot of yes. joy from things like this. So, so really cool stuff. So cool, in fact, that in 2014 she was invited uh, to visit Google uh, Advanced Technology and Projects Lab, uh, to, uh, and uh, Google liked the work enough that. She says, hey, you know, why don't you uh, go meet uh, the director of ATAP? 
uh, and had interactions with that. And it was just such a cool, <laughs> cool conversation that she was, she said she was offered a job right on the spot. Uh, and after thinking about it for a while, she turned the job down, uh, excuse me, a, a job at uh, Advanced Technology and Projects Lab. So not just you'll be work doing project support for Google Mail. I'm, I'm saying that please continue your work like under our Advanced Projects wing, which has got to be like the best <laughs> offer you can possibly get. Uh, but she turned the job down because she felt as though she was already so far along with her PhD work. She didn't want to uh, abandon it. Uh, and now let's con I'll continue. I'll quote her as what happened next uh, uh, from this blog post, uh, quoting her here. Two years later, in March 2016, I find out from some paper engineering friends that some of the same people who had interviewed me had also applied for patents on interactive pop-up books with electronics. These patents covered many of the same things that I had that that had been discussed that I'd showed them with no mention of my or many others work known in the field. I found out from a friend who followed a pop-up book blog. She needs to provide a link to the pop-up book blog. I need to find that blog. Uh, luckily, someone there noticed the application, the patent application, and was also concerned that Google was trying to patent such book technologies. So they published a blog post about it. Uh, and yeah, so essentially shortly, and it kind of got a little bit worse than that. It wasn't two years later. Uh, the first movements on this patent were only like about a couple of months after she met with Google and showed off all of her work. Uh, so she gathered uh, up like the community of people who are working on these like sort of technology enhanced books. It's not just her at the MIT Media Lab. It was like a whole, it's research, so, but a community of people. And uh, because it was a patent application, it wasn't a patent granted yet. Uh, they were show they were getting together all all kinds of prior art to show the patent office that hey there's prior they they didn't originate this idea this is all this prior art. Uh, fortunately, things worked out okay. Uh, not only did the patent office deny the patent, uh, but also the outgoing uh, advanced tech uh, ATAP uh, director who she mm -hmm. talked with put her she was on her way out of that of that job. And she put her directly in touch with the senior counsel of ATAP, who was very, very helpful and worked with them to say, OK, let's put we'll put your prior art in with our application. Uh, they actually initially offered to add her as an inventor on the patent if they would allow the patent application to stand. Uh, her <laughs> response was that, well, A, you'd have to add a whole lot of people, not just me. And also, there's a difference between the uh, on, listed on the patent, the person who the, the inventors of the thing, and also the people who control the patent. The fact that you're listed as an inventor doesn't mean that you get to profit or or, or get uh, a say in how this thing is done. Uh, so uh, yes, the patent was rejected. The other good thing is that now the patent application itself is prior art, so that if anybody tries to patent this idea out from under other people, they are going to be. Pretty, all the all the firepower to reject that application is already there, but geez, that's no no statement from Google about what exactly happened. But this seems like ambitiously scummy behavior. <sighs> do, do no sigh. evil, do no evil. You know, we have to remember there are a lot of individuals inside Google, so there are a lot of individuals. <laughs> that's what I'm going to say. Okay. Oh, and, and also, and also that, um, just like at any large tech company, there are custodians whose job it is to go from office to office, and empty the trash barrels. And a large company like this, there are lawyers whose job it is 
to go from office to office asking if they have any ideas that can be patented. And it's not just, it, it really isn't, hey, the lab has, we've come up with this really great idea and now it's time to reach out to see if it's patentable. Literally, this is part of the these lawyers' jobs. They're hired to say, whatever you've got, if it's patentable, we're going to try to patent it. So for all we know, it wasn't, the fools in academia don't know that they're sitting on a gold mine. If we were to purchase the mineral rice to the land where they've got their little hippie research commune, we can strip mine it and make bills. Millions of dollars. <laughs> it could be more like, hey, that's a cool thing on the whiteboard. What is it? Oh, well, it's a thing with that that uh, someone showed us about how wiring up books for stuff. Oh, wow. Well, let's let's, let's patent that thing. So it could it could be less evil than it's literally a Silicon Valley episode about this, by the way. Oh, really? Like taking a picture. Uh, I know you haven't watched the series, and I'm sorry if I'm spoiling, but just taking a picture of a whiteboard and like using that for technology, because this <laughs> stuff is like so. It is prevalent in Silicon Valley. A lot of the stuff is. Sometimes we have stories that are inside baseball, but the reason it's we're bringing it up is because it's just a look at how sometimes the stuff. The cool technologies that we see came about from some very questionable. Yep. Well, not question. Well, it is questionable in the sense that somebody maybe got screwed over. It's <laughs> the best way I can put it, uh, which kind of sucks. Mm-hmm. It does. Yeah, it that's does. that's not a not a new story. Every if you've ever used yeah, a telephone, I mean, this for instance, happening for centuries. <laughs> if you ever used a telephone, this this probably there's probably like someone who got screwed over on the Antikythera me- mechanism that. <laughs> I had the idea of cutting brass gears out and measuring the the measuring the interactions of the of the seasons and the planets. I said I said to him, "Look at this these cool gears I'm cutting out." And then suddenly, what every single sharper image store like in the Mediterranean ports have an antikythera mechanism. It's not an antikythera mechanism. It's Bob's mechanism. And is Bob getting paid for it? No. So I will say that uh, we're going to drop the link to this story in the show notes because there's some good information. If we happen to have anybody out there who is a patent maker, (laughs) there's some just some good steps to take to kind of protect yourself, you know, going into job interviews and things of the sort. So, you know, it's I appreciate when people do this and really really, it helps and, and be really careful about what you sign. Uh, mm-hmm. When you come in for a meeting or come for, because it could just say, oh, well, well of course, we're, we're, we're giving you exclusive access because we really want to show you some of the really cool stuff we're working on. Just trying this, just, just to pay. It just simply says that, you know, you're not going to, you're not going to tell people or, or take pictures. But also paragraph 12 is that, oh, by the way, anything you discuss with us is our property. So, <laughs> yeah, it's not very good. So, so it's, it's a um, good blog yeah. post to read. We've got one more little bit of news before we close out the show for the week, which I kind of was, Andy always, I'm just going to give all the credit to Andy for putting together the doc for us weekly because Andy, you're so good at just taking out like the important bits and pieces because usually what happens is I get most of my news from Twitter. So by the time you post it in the doc, I'm like, oh yeah, I remember reading tweets about that. <laughs> so thank you. It's just because of the nature of the way that I work and I you our, know our I, our jobs is to process huge mounds of information yeah. on every single subject. So yes. 
and I and I'm, you know, processing different amounts of information. So sometimes I, sometimes I don't get to process this particular information. But plus, you're dealing I with do, a wonky refrigerator, so you you got a lot of stuff going. Dealing on. with a lot of wonky stuff in the house right now, which is welcome <laughs> to home ownership. Oh lord. Uh, you, so no, I saw. No, can, can, yes. I, can I ask something on the side here? Like yes. this is such a wonderful opportunity to like call Samsung and say. I got a refrigerator that I'm probably going to have to buy one in six months anyway. Could you lend me a smart fridge and not say because the idea of having like a, a huge Android phone uh, on the side, one door of the side by side fridge seems like such a stupid idea that only having it in my house for three months will let me figure out how stupid it is or how wrong I was in thinking it was stupid. It's fair, but moving a fridge and cleaning it and the labor of doing all of that is difficult. Uh, and just because we're on this subject, I should let everyone know our plan is to buy appliances and let them stay here with whoever takes this house after us. So looking for permanent affordable okay. solutions. Okay. <laughs> but I but I agree. I mean, I, I do. <laughs> I, although I have to say, when you're looking for new appliances, you won't believe how many things out there are like app integrated already. It's oh. uh, so you, you're 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 presented with many opportunities to create security breaches into your home precisely. network. Precisely. Yay. Yeah, precisely. Yes, back to the main show. As, 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 a, as a fellow freelancer, that was the first thing that I would have thought of saying. Now, obviously, I, I can't let them give me a fridge, but I know. Here's not. I'm sure that they would create. They would. They would ship it here. They would arrange for it to be installed. They would take it away in two or three months. And I want to see how stupid this idea of having a huge Android phone on my fridge is going to be. I mean, as a side note, I'm just going to say would totally do that, but. Just let everyone know out there that having a smart home is not as glamorous as it sounds, and it means things break a lot. And so, you know, I try not to cause a lot of headaches for myself. Anyway, <laughs> uh, so this is more of a, another sort of inside baseball piece of news. But again, I think it's important that we discuss it so that people out there know what is happening inside Silicon Valley, because what happens in business eventually trickles down to the product. Whether or not we want to, whether or not we really see it at the end, it it does trickle down because unhappy employees are not making progressive applications. I don't know. So Google's temporary vendor and contract workers, or what they're often referred to as TVCs, uh, they've been demanding more fair treatment. And if you've been following labor laws happening in Silicon Valley, you know that this is a thing that exists. And when I talk about Silicon Valley, I talk about the South Bay of the Bay Area, where all these companies are clustered. So there's a Medium post under the Google Walkout for Real Change account uh, that it talks about how Google routinely denies their TVCs access to information that is relevant to their jobs and their lives. So when the tragic shooting occurred at YouTube in April of la uh, this year, oh my God, I thought it was last year. Like that's how time has blended in. The company sent real-time security updates, but only to full-time employees, which I mean, that's imagine getting like what presidential alert system. <laughs> like imagine yeah. only a small subset of people getting that in the event of like a hurricane or something like that is not okay. Yeah. So the TVCs were eventually or essentially defenseless in the line of fire. They had no idea what was going on except if 
you know, God forbid their word of mouth is like the only way to kind of get that information. So they were also excluded from a town hall discussion the following day. And when the 20,000 full-time and TVC Google employees walked out to demand equal treatment for all workers, the TVCs were excluded from the company-wide discussion held a week later, which is like, hello, did you not see that we were there too? So the exclusion of TVC employees from important communications and fair treatment, you know, they're alleging that, and not, shouldn't say alleging, this is part of a system of institutional racism, sexism, and discrimination. We're we're reading from the blog post here. Yes. TVCs are disproportionately people from marginalized groups who are treated as less deserving of compensation, opportunities, workplace protections, and respect. To quote, we wear different badges from full-time employees, which reinforces this arbitrary and discriminatory separation. Even when we're doing the same work as full-time employees, these jobs routinely fail to provide living wages and often offer minimal benefits. This affects not only us, but also our families and communities. There's a lot of interesting points raised in this blog post, which we are going to post the link to in the show notes. It's also important to note, just as an aside, this doesn't just happen at Google. Uh, I know for a fact that even companies like Apple have problems with this, where they have contract and full-time employees who maybe aren't offered the same benefits, for instance, that the full-time employees are offered. So it it's a it's an important it's a I hate to say a trend. But it is a burgeoning trend of people speaking out that, like, we are contract employer employees, but we deserve the same rights and and alert systems yeah. as the full time employees. Yeah, it's it's uh, this is this sort of a public statement has been a long time coming, and it's not just Google. It really, and it's not even just yeah. like tech tech companies. I have a friend, and I'm not going to mention her name, but I don't, don't even think I should mention who she, uh, who she works for. Where every time, like, uh, uh, I I don't know she she is essentially a full time employee at a very very cool. <laughs> a worldwide agency that I can't like again I don't want to because uh, I, I, I she has never complained about this but I, I never know whether it's okay to say she works for let, let, let's say it's Disney World okay it's not mm-hmm. Disney World but it's like but she doesn't work for Disney World even though she goes to Disney World uh, and works in that office every single day and she is on the same team as people who work on Disney work at Disney World and she's responsible for as much of the creation of the animatronics as any engineers who work there. Uh, she, however, she doesn't technically work for Disney World. She works for a contractor that places people inside Disney World. So essentially, she's in a position where, no, she doesn't get to go to Disney World for free. Uh, no, she doesn't get to really necessarily tell people she works for Disney. She doesn't get the Disney pay package. She doesn't get the Disney insurance. Uh, and and uh, getting back to uh, getting back to uh, Google uh, and something I really hadn't thought about. A lot of this stuff they're talking about is not just the second or third or fourth class status that uh, these employees at these companies, these contractor employees at these companies get because they are given different IDs that essentially say they're not really one of us. So don't don't let them see this and don't let them you know it's institutional. But also saying that because they are not allowed, they're not allowed in the same communications groups 
and mentioning the shocking headline sort of thing of yes but because they because there was there there are communication loops that the contract workers are not allowed into when google said hey everybody at this at this youtube campus there is a shooting in place uh, mm-hmm. they didn't get them not because they thought they were expendable but because they simply did not have access to this sort of stuff and as google is uh, is starting at, at least there's the parents that google is starting to become more aware of the need to put more systems in place to for allow people to uh, report and be informed about workplace harassment the idea that yes but the only people who deserve this sort of protection are people who are actually employees of google if you're not employee of google you are not going to find out that there's been an investigation open about this person that you're working directly for even though that that uh, that investigation involves serious charges regarding your safety at that company uh so and that I mean, my uh, it's always I've always thought that this was, this was a problem. I thought the biggest I th- always thought the bigger problem as an outsider was that you are you are treating these people as though they're full time employees without allowing them to reap the benefits of being full time employees. Hire them as full time employees, uh, but it it surely goes uh, much much deeper than that. Uh, just being at a job where you get to eat in the cafeteria, but you're not really part of the organization. The idea that you have a cubicle where you've uh, been able to put up your own tchotchkes, but you could be fired at any time because you're under contract. And that if you had a problem with, uh, if you're being mistreated, you know that uh, you know that your Google is just going to say, "Oh, well, you're we don't hire you. You have you have to, you need to complain to this contractor that you work for." And that's uh, it's, oy, for all the long hours that you spend uh, at a job that you love that you kind of don't want to quit, not only because you're working on important and really life changing, world changing things sometimes, and also the prestige of being allowed onto the Google campus, and also the pay that you need, and you don't want to rock the boat because you are on a contract that expires on a mm-hmm. certain date. You're not going to be. It's it's not a situation where. Uh, if you work there, you can be fired pretty much for any time for any reason. It's like, no, 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 you have no job after this date. We will choose to renew that contract if we want, but you have no, you're, you're, if you want to be the person who raises your hand and says, I'm sick and tired of being treated this way, good luck to you on February 21st, 2019. Uh, you might be uh, on your way out. That's probably the reason why uh, this is on the exact same account as the Google Walkout page. Uh, excuse me, as all, all the news about the about Google Walkout uh, has been posted on. So it's the as part of the same feed. Uh, but I'm there are no people who are signed to this statement, and you you can kind of understand why. Yeah, I think uh, I, I think the to kind of just like close this out wrap it up with a nice bow as per the season as it calls for. I really feel like the reason we bring this up in context with Google is because I like the idea of Google setting a precedent for Silicon Valley in terms of how workers could work because they've set a precedent in so many other ways. They set precedents in the, in technology. Why not do it the same for labor in tech? Uh, So I think that's kind of why this stuff is always on my mind and why it matters so much is because I want to see Google not be evil. Yeah. <laughs> and also, and also uh, I, I think it's a good sign. It's a, it's a sign that the people who organized the Google walkout 
um, have had a really positive effect because these people yeah. are much more vulnerable than the staff workers who did the walkout. And now they feel as though it's safe for them to raise their own issues as well. Yeah. And uh, we don't we have not heard we've heard so many times this year uh, about uh, how disappointed Google employees are about certain situations inside the company. And they're not accompanied by, and so people are walking out by the hundreds. It's, no, they're talking about it and they're complaining openly and they're having open discussions in forums where every, everybody in the company can can see it. Uh, we haven't heard that sort of stuff coming from Apple. Uh, I I have good faith in the company, uh, but we haven't also, we certainly haven't heard such things from Facebook and God knows things have been going on inside Facebook that would spur that kind of a negative response from its workers if they felt like there was a this was a environment in which they are not immediately going to be hammered down if they complain or say that hey I don't think that things are going well here are these are good choices I I would like to think that this is a good sign that Google despite its very very real problems uh culturally is a place where employees feel as though it's safe to speak out and to speak publicly about things. Uh, and I hope that this is uh, this uh, hopefully not naive <laughs> reaction that I have is uh, supported by Google's reaction to this sort of thing. Because again, it's a big, big problem. It's going to reach a tipping point at some point. And I hope that we're starting to see uh, a, a very, very gentle uh, but effective resolution as opposed to uh, the kind of revolution where things grind to a halt for several months because suddenly, like like uh, like in Paris, where okay, guess what? Now it's time we we feel as though you're not going to notice us until we take to the streets. <laughs> you have to roll out the tanks, and but it's time for, to do to do that sort of thing. You know what? It's time for us to do, Andy. It's time for us to close out the podcast. Oh, but we're having. So I know. Fun. That's it for this week, folks. <laughs> Uh, I was never able to do the Porky Pig impression and I'm not going to try it now. Uh, so if you, first of all, we just want to thank you for being here with us today. You know, it's always nice to have you here and to have you listening to us talk about things. And if you really love to listen to us talk about things, you can actually subscribe to us and become members at (laughs) relay.fm backslash material. And if you become a member, you get perks, including bonus episodes and fun stuff from the Relay FM family. And also you're just supporting our podcast network, which is a burgeoning family of people who just love to talk about things. So please, thank you for supporting us. Yes, very much. That's a very tangible thing that we appreciate. (laughs) Yes, absolutely. And Andy, I kind of want to know, do you have any fun stuff coming up that you would like to tell people about? Um, Let's see. My next uh, radio thing on the WGBH Boston Public Radio is uh, next Thursday, I think. Uh, It's going to be a mixture of uh, stories, I think, about uh, Facebook being naughty uh, and also because this might be the last one before Christmas, I might have yeah. to talk about last second gifts and other sort of things that are appropriate for the season. Uh, you can go to WGBHnews.org for the links. You can listen to it live or listen to it later because it's all there for streaming. Uh, and uh, good news, I've actually gotten – I've finally gotten to the root of my website problem. So now if you go to anotgo.com, you will no longer be seen – 
uh, see in uh, Times New Roman a bunch of PHP errors because uh, I've spent last night fixing the database and then oh, fixing I love it. a whole bunch of scripts and figuring out what went wrong and making sure that that does not happen again. So when I say you can check me out at anatgo.com, I don't mean as an academic exercise. You can actually see a website now. Uh, but you can also check me out on Twitter and Instagram. I am anatgo on both. Andy, I'm so happy your blog is back and that we can read your stuff. This is great. <laughs> Everyone should go to Andy's website. Thank you. It's a, I felt cheaper saying, well, okay, do you have a website? Uh, yeah, kind of. I, I own the domain and I own I pay for web hosting every single month. And <laughs> only so you can tell I'm an expert because I'm self-hosting, <laughs> as you can tell by the errors that I've not had time to diagnose and fix. Yes, precisely. Uh, it's okay. You know, we we do what we can to the make it in this life. The, the best barber in the town, their kids always have the worst haircuts. That's the that's the old wives' tale, the old, the old saying. Because he's so good, he does not have time to cut the hair of his own children. As for me, I, I'm... <sighs> I, I, you know, I don't want to, I don't want to get into where I'm really at right now. I'm just kind of writing. So just come to FlorenceIon.com and that's where I'll be, I'll be posting about what I'm doing. That's all I got for you. And also follow me on Twitter because I tweet a lot. You see, that, that, that's much. why, that's why we love it when you support our advertisers. We love it when you, uh, when you buy memberships because it allows us to forestall the, having to pivot to video. We are, we are writing people. We are speaking people. We are not video people. And on that note, everyone, we'll see you hopefully next week. Until then. <laughs>